the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Reaching Your Heart. Pastor Michael Oxentenko's message today is entitled, The Tradition Trap. That's The Tradition Trap, and you can find it online at ReachingYourHeart.com. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, you can call us at any time, 24-7. Here's the phone number, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Here's Pastor Mike with the conclusion to the tradition trap. Today's reaching your heart. So Jesus said, now you Pharisees, you clean the outside of the cup and you could care less what's on the inside of the cup. And when Jesus said this, every jaw in the room dropped to the floor. They weren't expecting that kind of response. They were expecting him to interact with these religious leaders. Instead, Christ just laid them out in a single swath. They weren't expecting a full frontal assault on their well-accepted traditions. In the original Greek, Jesus accuses them of robbery and evil intentions. Their outward actions and their inner motives, he indicts them both. He says, you're guilty on the outside and the inside. You do evil and you plan evil too. And then you make yourself feel better by washing your hands before you eat dinner. Your heads are full of mush. This is not what real religion is about. And he goes right after that, Luke eleven forty. He says something very intense. In fact, if I were to say this, you would give me a pink slip and ask me not to return to church. Here's what he says, verse 40. You fools, did not he who made the outside make the inside also? Now, is that strong language, yes or no? Did Christ sin here, yes or no? Didn't he say, if you call someone a fool, you're in danger of hell of fire? He said that. Hey, he has a right to say that because he cares about the soul that's headed toward perdition. And the only way to shake these guys up was to say, listen, you are utterly ignorant. You claim to be teachers. Now, this very word for fool is used by the Apostle Paul in describing the Jewish nation that claimed to be, at the time of Paul, obviously led by Pharisaical tradition. Paul had said that he was set apart for the gospel of Jesus Christ. A Pharisee literally means one who is set apart. And they claim to be literally instructors of the foolish in Romans 2. And so the same term is used here. He calls them what they themselves are calling others. He said, you claim to be wise, but really what you're calling everybody else, you're fools. You fools, did not he who made the outside make the inside also? This is pretty stiff language from Jesus. Jesus says, you fools. The Greek word is aphron, and it means literally one who lacks common sense. Christ is saying that they had become so religious in their forms and so blind to real ethics in their actions and attitudes that they lacked common sense in their religion. Now this word for fools in Luke eleven forty is only used one more time in the Gospel of Luke. And we should correlate them because when a writer only uses a word twice, he very likely intends you to put those two together in the Gospels. So in Luke 12, 19 and 21, we have the second usage. And here it refers to the rich man who built barns and more barns Because he felt at ease, he put his trust in riches and then he died facing the judgment bar of God as a condemned man because he was guilty of the sin of covetousness that had overtaken his life. 
And in the parable of Luke 12, 19 to 21, Jesus indicts the kind of attitudes he accused the Pharisees of in Luke eleven thirty nine. In the parable, the rich man said, and I will say to my soul. Now notice here he's not praying to God. He's not saying, I'll say to you. He had become his own God. He had become the center of his own reality. I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Verse 20, but God said to him, fool. And that's the same word. This night your soul is required of you and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. To be clean on the inside means to put God first in your life. To be wise instead of being a fool means to invest in God first and leave yourself to God's providence and plan for the future. It means not to trust in what you have. It means to trust in who you know. To escape the judgment of fools means to judge yourself small and to count others more important than yourself so that you are by nature and by action generous To invest wisely means to invest in the things of God and to let God multiply the goods of life for the good of others. A wise investor invests in the poor, not the rich in the Gospel of Luke. A wise investor invests in the church before his own house in this Gospel. And a wise investor counts the cause of God the best investment. He does not care if the return is experienced in this life or not. In fact, he doesn't require a return. He invests because what God has given him is so much, so rich, so deep and so good. God is worth it. He invests. The Pharisees wanted everything here and they liked being looked at as religious and righteous men in the world. They were unwilling to have a spiritual inventory in their life. And so Christ said, you fools, did not he who made the outside make the inside also? There are some people who think that it doesn't matter what the outside looks like. I mean, we sometimes hear this. Well, the Lord looks on my heart. It doesn't matter what I look like. Some people say that. And while that may sound good, that's not what Jesus is saying here. He's not saying the outside doesn't matter. He says God cares about the outside and the inside, but where cleanness starts is on the inside, and it works out. It doesn't start on the outside. It starts on the inside. In verse 41, Jesus says the right order has to be in place for the outside to really be good. The outside must be a reflection of the values and the love that is found on the inside. Key point number one. Holy action is always produced by holy attitudes. What you do doesn't mean anything if it isn't done for the right reason. Let me illustrate this. We have an anniversary, my wife and I, every year. And if I were to come up to Diane on our anniversary and say, Sweetheart, I bought you these flowers because I knew that if I didn't, you'd be hard on me. Would that be the way to introduce flowers at your anniversary? Or, listen, let's go out to eat because I know you. If I don't take you out to eat, we're going to have a bummer week. Would that be the way to say it? Or maybe something like this. Well, you know, we're kind of having a hard time. I found $2 and a half to buy you some flowers. I hope you don't mind, but we've got to really watch our budget. Does an attitude affect actions? Absolutely. Let's say I came and I gave her something quite extravagant, like a new car. And as she was looking at the car, she was all affected in a positive way by it. And she said, oh, how could you have done this? Say, well, I didn't want to, but I did anyway because I'd like you to love me. Would that be a good attitude or answer? I mean, I could go on and on. You see what's wrong here. Your attitude affects the action or the action is void of meaning, isn't it? 
If we obey God, but we do so because we're afraid of God, or if we obey God because we feel small in his eyes, or if we obey God because we want other people to accept us in the church, does that mean anything to God? It doesn't mean a thing. At the heart of real religion is the truth that Christ died for you as if you were the only person in the universe. That at the cross, He absorbed your guilt. He absorbed your condemnation 100% so that you don't have to face that in the judgment day. And He looked at the second death of lights out for eternity if that's what it would take to save you. And with a holy Velcro kind of love, He clung Himself to you. He stuck Himself to you and your destiny. He took your hell so He could give you His heaven. Dear heart, that's the gospel and that's love. And if that doesn't change a person's motives, if that doesn't give them a reason to live for God, if that doesn't motivate them to do good things for God, then what else can? You see, ethics in the gospel is not based on browbeating someone into effective obedience. Ethics in the gospel is the outcome of gratitude. Because of what Jesus has done, because of who he is, gracious people respond and do good things because of grace. And the Pharisees had it all wrong. They didn't know that holy action is always produced by holy attitudes. And it takes grace in the mix to produce this kind of life. What you do doesn't mean anything if it isn't done for the right reason. Luke eleven forty one. Jesus continues, But give alms for those things which are within, and behold, everything is clean for you. Now what is Jesus saying here? The Greek word for alms means literally the donation you would give to the poor or the needy. He's saying that if you give the stuff that holds you back as alms, you will change yourself. You will experience a change on the inside for the good. If you let go of the idols deep within, you will make a difference on the outside that everyone can see. If you invest in the cause of God with the stuff that trips you up and causes you to sin by covetousness and the like, if you let that stuff go for God, there will be something good that shines on the outside. If you give these things away, he says, you'll be clean on the outside because you have made the necessary changes on the inside, which leads us to key point number two. The wise Christian invests in the cause of God those things that would become sins if they were kept deep within. The wise Christian invests in the cause of God those things that would become sins if they were kept deep within. Sin surrendered becomes the currency of godly action. Sin surrendered becomes the currency of godly action. Luke eleven forty one is loaded spiritual stuff. Christ says, But give for alms those things which are within and behold, everything is clean for you. The Greek says literally, give up right now the inner things. The Greek word forgive is an aorist imperative verb that means to give decisively. Do it right now, don't delay, give it away. Christ is saying you should make a decisive decision in your life to get right with God and give over those things inside of you that cause you to love the world instead of God. And you can't get right with God if you don't give them up. That's what he's saying. So he's talking to these religious leaders and he's saying, these things that you know what they are, that cause ungodly action inside, you hang on to them. You've got to let them go to find the purity of the outside that God desires for you. So what things on the inside have become your idols? I'm not going to answer that question. You need to ask yourself that question. I must ask myself the same question. What things do you hold on to more than God? 
What things keep you back from moving forward with God? What things occupy you so much where you can't serve God because you are so occupied with self-service? And what things prevent you from being authentic with yourself and others? You probably know some of them, but maybe not all of them because you need the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you. Ask God to show them all to you and give them all to God. In the Old Testament, the women of Israel did just this. They used the riches of their vanity as the currency of spiritual action. Exodus 38, verse 8. And Bezalel made the labor of bronze and its base of bronze from the mirrors of the ministering women who ministered at the door of the tent of meeting. The altar of God was built with the treasure of vanity and the treasure of women who found a greater treasure than themselves and the stuff that they wore. The father of the nation of Israel did the same thing centuries before. In Genesis 35, 4-5, it says, So they gave to Jacob all the foreign gods that they had. I mean, we have foreign gods at times in our midst. I've been in homes, and I don't mind that. I love being in our members' homes. And there have been times in my home, I've had things in my house that shouldn't have been there. What about you? Are you there? Has that ever happened to you? Just find things that ended up on our DVD rack. And when I did a spiritual evaluation, I said, how did that get there? Finally, in our home, we came to the position where we couldn't manage this kind of thing. I just keep it all out. And I'm not saying you have to be there. But dear heart, everything that we have inside the house affects what happens outside of the house. Right action involves interchange that leads to an outer change. We call that revival. And so they gave to Jacob all their foreign gods that they had, the rings that were in their ears. Then Jacob hid them under the oak which was near Shechem. They buried them. And as they journeyed, a terror from God fell upon the cities that were round about them so that they did not pursue the sons of Jacob. When they had this revival, when the interchange came, they changed themselves on the inside. They allowed God to do that. And then their outside also was changed. And they had divine protection as a result of divine commitment. Right action involves interchange that leads to an outer change. We have a word for that. It's called revival. We don't talk much about revival today in the Christian church. Instead, we speak of learning or community. Dear heart, what we need more than anything else in Christianity is revival. We need to face Christ and His calling in our life. We need to not just set it aside and treat His Word as if it doesn't have a powerful pull on the heart. We need revival. And when something happens on the inside that makes you change on the outside, dear heart, the Holy Spirit has been working in your life. It is the evidence that you are a child of God. Paul says in Romans 8, all who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God. And God doesn't measure this by whether or not you're perfect or not. I mean, this perfectionism thing is not the measure of your acceptance before God. If you have experienced grace and God is leading you, you are God's child. So Christ said, give alms with the things that are on the inside and the outside will be all clean. You know, as Christians, we often focus on the outside. Well, let me do this, that, this. And that's not what Christ is saying. Focus on the inside and the outside will be a reflection of the heart that is right with God. Christ didn't mince words here. He got to the heart of all our problems in a single statement. Give to God for the good of others anything that stands between you and God. And when all of you is given for God, all of you will be clean. That's what he's saying. For the Pharisees' tradition had become a trap because it had blinded them to the treasure they must have deep within. They were focused on how they could look rather than who they are. They were foolish because they forgot to make God first and themselves last for his name's sake. If we're honest with ourselves, I think we can all admit that we have all had a little Pharisee in every one of us at times. How many of you have been a little Pharisee at times? I have. 
I confess to you that I've been pharisaical at times in my life. Those of you who didn't raise your hands, I know you have too. Okay, be honest here. You have too, haven't you? Jesus loves us, doesn't he? Paul became a Pharisee for Jesus Christ. A Pharisee means one who is set apart. He begins his gospel in the Gospel of Romans. He says, Paul, set apart for the gospel of Jesus Christ. A Pharisee for Jesus. See, Christ is not asking these Pharisees to stop being Pharisees. He's simply asking them to be fair, you see, and to experience the grace of God and to be set apart, not for themselves, to be set apart for Jesus Christ. When Paul was on trial in Jerusalem, as he would approach Jerusalem, as he was arrested, he said, I am a Pharisee. He claimed to be a Pharisee, but he was a different kind of Pharisee. He was one who had set himself apart for Jesus Christ. Jesus said, give alms from within and discover the feeling of being right with God on the inside and the outside. Clean it all over and within. I must admit, I've had a terrible tradition I've had to overcome here. Does anybody work with computers, these PCs? How many Macintosh people do you have here? Raise your hand. You're the remnant? All right, how many people do you have here who are still with the PCs, the Windows stuff? Raise your hand high. How many of you let somebody else do all your computer work? Okay, I've got a few of you running around, okay? We'll work on you. I must say, it's probably easier to have someone do all your other work if you're using the PC. I mean, I remember the evolution of the Windows operating system, Windows Me. I thought that's a self-centered name for an operating system. And boy, was it the worst operating system that Windows ever developed. Everything I had crashed in it. I lost data. I mean, these viruses could just poke their way into your stuff. Getting them out was a chore. Norton became a multimillionaire developing this virus system to kind of keep your operating system clean. But it didn't work. And so they fixed Windows Me with another version. I don't know what it was. Anyone know what came after Windows Me? Was it Windows XP? Home Edition, Windows 98, Windows XP. They were trying to reinvent themselves all along the way. Now, if I could tell you the countless hours, I'd be up at night trying to fix my computer because of hardware conflicts, because of crashes, and then, of course, the Trojan horse. Have you ever had a Trojan horse come into your operating system? Kind of flashes on the screen, and you realize that you've been nuked. I've had this a number of times. I've lost my data. I can remember it. Late in the night, working with my computers, my children would get in, they'd download these things into my computer, and I'd have to live with the consequences for the next six months trying to retrieve my data. I can remember saying, I will never, ever again use Windows. I'm going Mac. And I'd go to the store, and I'd look there at the prices on those Macs. And I'd say, I repent. And I went back to my old ways. Tradition ruled. And as I went back to my old ways, I stuck with it again and again and again until I preached this sermon. The tradition trap. I had to pick up some toner for my printer so I could print this thing. And I've had trouble with Windows this week. Windows Vista, which is about as bad as Windows Me, except it doesn't crash as often. But you've got to always move to these request zones. Do you really want to do this? And you click this and that to get through loading up the simplest of programs. Just frustrating. I went to Microtech, and they had these MacBook Pros on sale. Ooh, that affected me. A MacBook Pro. But then I looked at all these Windows laptops and I sat there trembling as she came. Her name was Veronica. She came to me and says, do you know what you want to do? I said, I don't know if I know what I want to do. I'm struggling with a decision. She says, well, I'll leave you alone to decide. And I was there thinking it through 
Should I get the breakage warranty or should I just walk away and go back? And the word was running through my mind like, you know, the fill in the roof. Tradition, tradition. And it wasn't tradition anymore. I was tired of a past that didn't work. I can remember going through these problems. And really the problem with windows is it's architecture. It's on the inside. They're really fixing something, trying to refix something when they should have redesigned the software from the ground up. Am I right, Mac people? Oh, I need some amens. Okay, amen. Okay. So I made the break. I bought a MacBook Pro, but I have sinned. I also bought an emulator, which allows me to run Windows within MacBook Pro. And you're saying, a double-minded guy. I have one program i got to use in a Macintosh. It's called Bible Works for Windows. And that program is so smart, it allows you to use it within. You see, the Macintosh is right deep within. And because it's right deep within, you can use it more effectively. And so I did something I haven't done in years. I made the break with tradition. I'm a Macintosh guy today. I use this as an illustration. Maybe you have been hanging on to ideas and practices, opinions of others that have been deeply impressed upon you. Maybe you shrink in the presence of others when they give a judgment of you and your religious conduct. And maybe there's something wrong with something in your appearance or what you're doing. Maybe it's valid. Dear heart, don't focus on the outside. Take the time to look deep within. Look at Jesus. Ask Him the questions that matter most for you. Don't worry about the judgments of others. And when you ask yourself that question, the only way for us to change, for me to change, is to have the software different inside, right? Without God's software and Jesus running my life, then the outward part doesn't make any sense. And so Jesus is calling us as believers in a real sense. He said, did not he who made the outside of the cup, God made our outside, make the inside also. But if you have to focus on something, let God look with you deep within and let the grace of God, the worth of God, the calling of God in Jesus clearly speak to you as to who you are. And from a platform of strength with new operating software, let Christ reform your way of thinking and form deep within you. You know, it takes humility to let Jesus in to do His work, does it not? Doesn't it take humility to do that? Because we all want to do it ourselves. Let Jesus clean the cup of your life, dear heart. And I pray that prayer for me. Let Him clean the cup of my life. I'm not here to be anyone's judge because I have fallen in my life and I've made mistakes I'm not proud of. Let Jesus clean the cup of your life, dear heart. And everybody else stay out of the mix. Let that person work it out through grace. And deep within, let him do it. And so everything will be clean on the inside. You know what? It'll look good on the outside too. God bless you. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus who was very clear and direct when ears like ours needed to hear. Father, thank you that he loved the Pharisee. You didn't disdain him. You loved the heart that was proud and, and lifted up. And Father, I pray that in Jesus that this will always be a gentle place to dwell, that the heart that seeks you will find you here, and that you'll keep us from creating noise in the lives of others who need to hear. Father, thank you that Christ came to clean the inside of the cup and then to give us the freedom to make good choices for the outside of the cup. We ask, Father, that Jesus who died for us, that his blood would not be spilled in vain, but that it would, every drop would matter on the inside where change happens. 
Thank you for Jesus who is our acceptance before you, who is our cause of righteous action, who is our right to righteousness in the judgment day. And thank you that in him we have a right now righteousness. So from the platform of peace and the platform of acceptance, help us grow, everyone, deep within. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today. If this message is ministered to you, remember there are many more just like it at reachingyourheart.com. If you're a regular listener to this broadcast or if you've just tuned in for the first time and have been inspired by this sermon and you'd like to partner with us to help keep these radio broadcasts on the air, you can simply call us at 1-888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-HOPE, day or night, 24-7. One of our team is available to assist you right now. We believe God is moving across the globe, touching lives and reaching hearts. And you are helping make this a reality with your gift of any amount. These are urgent times and God has an urgent message. God's message in Revelation is one of warning and encouragement. And it's a personal appeal to all of mankind. It is his final message before sweeping changes occur across the globe. Events that will take place just prior to Christ's second coming. You see, God doesn't want his church to be surprised by the events that will take place. He wants his church ready for his return. We have a book titled God's Last Altar Call that will encourage you and help you understand what events must take place as found in the book of Revelation. We'll send you this book for a donation of any amount and pray that you will be encouraged to know that you can discern the events that must take place prior to his second coming. Please call at any time, 24-7-888-244-HOPE. And with a donation of any amount, we'll send the book right out to you entitled God's Last Altar Call. We pray that you will be lifted up by the biblical insights in this book and grow spiritually in your walk with Christ. Join us again next time for another edition of Reaching Your Heart. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.